This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and the other person who is on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. <laughs> uh, you, that was good. You were you were ready for the old <laughs> how are you question uh, that uh, surprises us every week. I almost surprised myself because I almost forgot to say how, how are you. I was like, what's what's the second thing I say on this podcast? <laughs> oh, it's how are you, which is probably an answer to how I am. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> a little scattered, but that's fine. There's just so much right now in every uh, part of life that there could be stuff. There is stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, uh, it sounds uh, almost profound, but I think more tilts to stupid. Uh, there's stuff everywhere that there can be stuff, but I'm excited to talk about our topic uh, because, uh, as I say at the beginning of every one of these podcasts lately, we've been covering lots of different things. This is an episode that we haven't done in a little while where it is something that you are pretty obsessed with, we think. We'll we'll measure, we'll mm-hmm. decide, but it is something that is definitely an interest of yours. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts and some opinions, but it would be way, way low down on the list of things I would ever think of having be a topic for myself. So this is really fun for me. This is almost like classic obsessed where I just get to interview the heck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm happy that, you know, after nine months, we can bring back just a little nine months, right? Is that how long we've been in this? Who knows? There's stuff everywhere. There can be stuff. (laughs) Nothing can be known and everything is known and it's too much. Anyway, welcome back to (laughs) Original Obsessed. No, not even. Original Obsessed would be in a bowling alley in uh, South Minneapolis. (laughs) Welcome to Obsessed 2.72375.0. That's my favorite star date on Star Trek and a very accurate assessment of uh, how many different evolutions this podcast has gone through in its uh, now many years. But let's dive into this. Your obsession is tea. Ding! (laughs) I said that like it was a topic on Jeopardy. (laughs) Your obsession is tea. Uh, So for $200, yes. uh, how would you describe tea to aliens like aliens have landed Mm -hmm. you have uh, the ability to communicate they understand words uh, spoken in in our American English okay uh, but they don't necessarily have a grasp on our whole culture yet and they're like tea we understand it's a thing you drink what's that about how would you explain it Mm mm-hmm so I would explain that there is This is why the aliens should never talk to me first. <laughs> I just be like, "Hi, go talk to somebody else." <laughs> just getting that out there. Um, I would explain that it is something that is um, steeped in water, usually hot water, sometimes not. Some uh, vert sometimes. If you want, like, if you want to be technical about it, to have true tea, it would be leaves from the plant camellia um, sinensis oh wow okay but also there's herbal tea which we call herbal tea technically not a tea for this podcast i'm going to be calling everything tea um some people call it a tisane or other infusion okay um so for the aliens i'm just gonna say so you you immediately got pedantic with the aliens you (laughs) were immediately like it doesn't come from the champagne region aliens so (laughs) Uh, I mean, this is subtitled um, podcast with caveats. So that was my caveat that I was putting out there to the aliens in case one of them happens to know. It's like, hello, 
What do you mean you can put, (laughs) you can't just put berries in there and that's not tea. So I would just say it's um, when you uh, steep something in water, usually hot for a few minutes to impart a flavor to the water and then you uh, drink it. (laughs) Okay. I think that's a, that's pretty clear. You know, (laughs) if the aliens followed up with like, great. That those are the actual sort of like technical in the physical world. What is it? Mm-hmm. If the aliens said to you, "We're trying to understand your culture. What is the cultural importance or impact or ritual of tea?" I would say, "How many hours and days do you have?" <laughs> <laughs> and then if the aliens were like, "You have to boil it down to a sentence or two," <laughs> what would you attempt to say for the aliens? I would say, for me. Um, tea is something that can be comfortable. It can bring a sense of peace and warmth, uh, but it has plays a lot of different roles on a lot of different cultures and for a lot of different people. Okay, I think that is a very good answer, and I think that those aliens would be very happy to learn that that is your subjective opinion. Yeah, <laughs> and they would learn about subjectivity, and then they would also <laughs> basically like the uh, click here to learn more mm-hmm. about tea, knowing that it, it does have an immense history, right, and lots of different uh, uh, cultural associations mm-hmm. and, and, and historical importance and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you love about tea? I mean, you just talked about it a little bit about what you associate it with which I don't think you're alone in, of, mm-hmm. you know, comfort. Uh, but what do you love about it? Why, why, when we talked about like, what are some obsessions that we haven't covered that, you, that we could talk about? Why did tea come to mind for you? Um, because it's on my mind a lot. <laughs> uh, and this is kind of a fun one for me because I both, I both think I know some of the things why I like it so much. And also there, I also don't know why I think about it so much and why, um, you know, it's it's certainly it's the comfort it is. I've gone, you know, um, throughout my adult life, sometimes being a, a tea in the morning person, sometimes being a coffee in the morning person. Um, lately, I've been a tea in the morning person. And so so I consume tea every day um, at work. My coworker and I have a tea drawer back when we were working on site <laughs> um, that, you know, many people are like, oh, well, we want tea. So we're going to go up to their office and get some tea from the tea drawer. OK, so you were literally having like tea parties. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we were <laughs> we we're purveyors of tea. We okay. would give it to free for, to our coworkers. Um, and I think it's just it's one of those things that as I think about it, it's been around my life a lot. And so I at one point in the semi-recent history past, that's the words, um, was like, well, I should read more about tea. I don't know a lot about the history of tea. So I, you know, I think I watched a documentary about tea specifically in Japan. I was like, oh, well, I should learn more about the history of tea. I'd never really thought about it. Um, And I've only done mediocrely about learning more about the history of tea. So you, but you've been reading a book called what, (laughs) Tea? Yeah. And that's, so We've talked about this, um, you and I, uh, without microphones in front of us, have yes. talked about, should we talk about tea? And I keep saying, no, I need to finish this book first. Um, but there's a book, it's the Encyclopedia of Tea. I should have looked up who is the author, and I forgot before we sat down. But look it up. Uh, it's got an orange cover. It's great. I really enjoy it, but I tend to read it when I'm tired, so I don't read very much at once. And, okay. Is um, it a literal encyclopedia, or is it trying to trace like the actual history of the drink. Yeah. So, um, yes. 
Um, <laughs> it is an encyclopedia. It's a narrative encyclopedia. So it has different chapters. Like the first chapter is the history of tea. Got it. And the second chapter, I'm pretending I know what the chapters are. Um, the second chapter will maybe deal about like tea and tra- and the influence of trade. Um, another one will be about tea rituals. Another one will be about recipes using tea. So there's it's a lot of different things about tea. Okay, cool, cool. But I haven't finished it. But I decided. <laughs> let's talk anyway yeah no i mean i think it is a thing that you and i have both touched on in uh our discussions uh here on obsessed it's definitely something that i would go back and forth with different guests on uh is that feeling of needing to have complete knowledge to feel justified to you know wear a little hat that says obsessed with you Mm -hmm. know um and i i release you from that concern (laughs) i certainly do not have all knowledge and um i wanted to have a little bit more knowledge or at least to remember some of the knowledge i had read a year ago but you know what i decided let's let that go it's 2020 we can let some things go we should we can because there's stuff and all this stuff we should let some things go but also tea is a fascinating thing of I only know the broadest strokes of its history enough to know what I don't know, which is a lot, and know that it ties into some extremely important, uh, you know, globe-shaping, culture-shaping events and traditions and all all that stuff. I know I, I kind of have this respect for how important the history of tea is without having a firm grasp on it. Mm-hmm. So on that one hand, for myself, I'd be like, ooh, I should be careful what I say about tea because I kind of don't know when I might accidentally be saying something that is, you know, ignorant in a bad way because of the cultural and historic importance of it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it is a ubiquitous everyday thing that we do have our own individual relationships with because we drink it. Right. <laughs> and it is just a thing that exists in the world. So I, I think it's a really interesting topic for that uh, that conflict that I think you and I have, and I know many other guests of this podcast have had, that to separate a personal obsession, a personal love of something versus being the most knowledgeable about it mm-hmm. um so tea is is a great one because you definitely do have some knowledge uh, but your obsession is probably more your own relationship with it right mm-hmm. yeah i would say so so when you think you said you your mind drifted to it when you when your mind drifts to it are you thinking about ooh, i'm gonna what kind of tea do i want to drink uh this evening are you thinking about actually drinking it are you thinking about the mood like boy it would be great to be in that cozy tea place or are you sometimes thinking about the history of it and thinking, yeah, I want to finish that <laughs> encyclopedia of tea book. <laughs> when your mind drifts to it, what element is it drifting toward? Honestly, depending on the moment, any of those three. <laughs> um, often it's about like, oh, I really, I, I really like this tea. I should remember to have like some green tea this afternoon. And oh, I've got this. I'll bring this tea with me. Or sometimes it's like, oh, I need to, you know, I'm getting kind of low on a certain kind of tea, so I should... Make sure I remember to purchase some more. Or sometimes it is like, oh, I want to finish this book because then there's three other books about tea I want to read, but I can't read them until I finish this book. Okay. Well, we'll make so, some time yeah. to finish that damn book. I, <laughs> you hadn't mentioned that, but I didn't realize how much it was vexing you. It's just hilarious to me, honestly, because it's not that long of a book. And I I talk a lot about how I check things out um, online from the library and I have, if you look at my, you can go back and look at your history. Like I, I'll check it out and then I'll know I won't have time for the next three weeks. And then I'll be like, oh, it's been a, like two months. So I'll check it out again. But if you look back over the last year and a half, two years, like this is a long time. It's far too long. I should have finished it. And sometimes I just forget that I've checked it out. Okay. Um, It's been 
easily over a year and a half, the number of times that I've checked it out during that time. Wow. Yeah. Is it dry like a textbook? No, it's like a badly written textbook. It's I should really say. well written. It's very interesting. <laughs> I think part of it is there's so much information in it, and I really want to take it in. And yeah. you know, when there's something that you're really interested in, and at least maybe this is just for me, but when you're first starting to learn something, learn kind of the the history about something or more information, there's just so much information that you can't take it all in. And then once you get to a you've studied something longer or you get to a deeper level that base level is already um you already know it so it's almost more like intuitive so then you can go to the next level or be like oh this is how you know piece a connects to piece g over here and i think i so want to be at that level of being able to put together the pieces but i'm still trying to figure out what are my building blocks like i feel like truly this is like sarah getting out her tea basics <laughs> history of tea and kind of information about tea like alphabet wooden blocks but what i really want to be doing is building complicated bridges right and so i think some of it is just that frustration so i keep going back and rereading some of the same chapters over and over again. right so you want to get like an a plus on intro to t t101 but that's really only so you can go on to take the theory of t Mm-hmm. third level class mm-hmm. okay that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. but i uh, want to take third level class on week two <laughs> <laughs> all right you're so excited to learn more about tea that you're stymieing yourself <laughs> from learning much. more about tea i relate to that very much there's so many things that i have where like i want to wait for the exact right time to read this like i'll finally buy a book that i've been wanting to read or wanting to reread for like 10 years and I'll be like I'm gonna wait until the exact right time I've now owned that book that I was so excited to buy for six years because I'm waiting <laughs> for the exact right it is a uh, it's painful yeah. uh let's go back as you know we always do to the past Ooh. uh when did you start drinking tea when do you first remember having it be a part of of your life yeah so I was trying to think about this because I did remember <laughs> for once that you asked <laughs> this um and I I don't have a really strong like, oh, this is my first memory of tea. But um, when I was in fifth and sixth grade, my family lived in Washington State. And one of my mom's friends, um, family friends, but um, we met her through my mom, was um, from the UK. And uh, both she and her husband were from the UK, but they were living in Washington State. And I don't think it even happened very often, but probably at least two or three times so enough times for it to be more than once mm-hmm. we would go to their house probably in the like on a weekend afternoon or something like that and she would serve us tea okay like full kind of traditional not just here's a drink but here's a platter um not necessarily i think okay. sometimes there was food but it, but what i remember is the tea because that was like that's the first time that i remember and that was you know black tea but you know do you want cream do you want sugar do you want lemon you know do you put your your milk in first your tea in first like all of those questions that you know like I think I had vaguely heard on television shows or in books that I had been reading but hadn't ever really like but this time I experienced it and I remember having that experience of being like oh well this is like proper you know and she had like nice tea you know like china teacups that we would drink yeah, so it felt very uh, ritualistic. It sounds weird, but I, I think that is what I mean. Yeah. It felt like this sort of formal process. Yeah, and that was, and just, and it was kind of an introduction into that world. Yeah. 
Did it did you like it because it made you feel like an adult? Did you like it because it was fun to be presented with options rather than just like here's your milk or whatever a you know kids <laughs> normally experience, right? Yeah. Of just like here's a fluid, it's in a glass, it's with dinner, drink it. Um what part of that of going through that little ritual did you enjoy? Uh, honestly, I think there are quite a few things that just all coalesced together. I think having read a lot of books that took place um, in either the UK or somewhere with a UK influence. Um, so I'd read a lot about tea. And, and for all I know, like I maybe I did drink tea before that, but probably not. I mean, I was young. It isn't, I wasn't drinking a lot of caffeine at that point <laughs> in my life. Um, I found her fascinating um, as, uh, as an individual, as a, and so I think part of it was just, was that also, and for her, this was, this was what you did in the afternoon, or at least yeah. that was how, that was my interpretation of it as a fifth grader. Okay. Um, and then also just the fact that there would be a, how do you, you know, how do you take, how do you take it? Like yeah. kind of that idea of that there's both a structure, but there's also, um, different varieties yeah choose your own adventure with your drink yeah yeah but within a very confined sorry but not i mean it wasn't presented as a combined thing and and i think there was also a little bit of like ooh, i get to pretend to be an adult and drink tea out of a fancy teacup yeah did you so you're talking fifth or sixth grade mm-hmm. did you like come out of the gate like you had knowledge and were like, yes, please, you know, one sugar and one dollop of honey and no milk, please. Did you <laughs> did you try to form a strong opinion about how you took your tea or were you more like, I don't know, <laughs> I think... put it all in there and let's find out. <laughs> I think at least the first time I was like looking at my mom to see what she was doing, I'm like, um, <laughs> whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> did you develop a preference as you as you went to visit more and you knew that this was going to happen? Did you think like oh i'm gonna be a no milk one sugar person or i think i i think like in my mind i had that idea i don't know that i went for tea often enough for that to come up i think that i did try the tea with lemon it was like yeah not so much (laughs) no lemon huh yeah okay yeah i was a i was a tea with milk kind of girl still am (laughs) so uh is there a point in your uh, so when we uh uh became partner friends (laughs) (laughs) when we started dating i briefly forgot the word dating so i said became partner friends uh when we started dating Mm -hmm. uh i drink tea a little bit yeah uh uh, i had been really uh, i had it a little bit as a like i I remember the sleepy time bear being around and Mm. liking the sleepy time bear having nothing to do with tea just Mm -hmm. liking the image of a sleeping bear and thinking that was awesome which clearly I still do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think I, I drank tea a little bit in college um, in the evenings. I think probably just because I pounded so much coffee that, it, you know, A, I think it made me feel like an adult as I was in college and experimenting with what kind of teas do I like. But I think it also probably just calmed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I have a specific association with drinking. I want to think it was some sort of, uh, it was uh, uh Toussaint, uh, it was an infused fruit, but I can't remember what fruit. I want to think it was like maybe strawberry. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. uh, but it's an infused fruit that uh, just got into a ritual of having it when I watched Deep Space Nine. So when I think of Deep Space Nine, I think of this specific tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just like it was not my main thing. Uh, and then I did uh, start drinking more tea after I visited uh the UK for the first time and got introduced to sort of like some of the real standard 
you know, the Yorkshire gold is what I would be drinking for that. So I was drinking coffee on and off between drinking coffee and tea when you and I became partner friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was my limited journey with it. But then I remember being, you know, happy that you seemed to be like a real tea person and had lots of tea. Oh. One of the first presents I bought for you was tea because I went to do a sh- show in Chicago and just randomly bought some tea. I don't know why you thought like exotic Chicago. Chicago tea was like the, <laughs> this is the gift for my new girlfriend, some tea from Chicago. Well, if you'd like to know, I still have the box that that tea came in. So, <laughs> so it was a good gift. <laughs> so it was a good gift. So that was my perspective as we began dating. Mm-hmm. Where, where, When did you kind of, as an adult, decide that this isn't just like this fun thing at a friend's house, but like something that you wanted to have as a part of your your general life existence your drinking choice life yeah um you know i think um i i want to just kind of throw one other thing in there from kind of growing up my parents were not necessarily big tea drinkers but my mom had a, a beautiful teapot but they would use it like it wasn't like oh just put on a shelf you know had the tea ball and the and so the tea was kind of around often you know like at night or something like that and I think um, in college, a lot of times, you know, friends would go, we would go to the coffee shop, but I wouldn't always want coffee. So I think I started drinking tea. Um, sometimes I don't know why I didn't drink coffee. Uh, I was never about to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, so I think kind of, it was just kind of around. And then um, I worked for a very short time at the the coffee shop within a Barnes and Noble. Mm. Um, and they had the Republic of Tea tins that, that we sold to customers, but they also sold as gift boxes. And I, I think that kind of was my like adult entree into like, Ooh, ginger peach. Why? Yes, I do want to try that. Ooh, <laughs> you know, blueberry something. Blah, blah. Yes, I do want to try that. And, um, you know, chai was, um, very big, at least in like my social group around that time period. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember getting like the loose leaf chai as opposed to the, the liquid chai. And so, um, so I mean, I think it was that. And then, and then I still had friends who sometimes would want to meet up for coffee, but also, um, I was living in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, when we became partner friends (laughs) and there were a few really good tea shops, um, that people would go to kind of like a coffee shop, but they were tea shops. Yeah. And so, you know. So it just kind of, it was one of those things that was just kind of around. But I think the like true, oh yeah, I want to do this more. Uh, and I left one thing out, so I'll put that in, um, was working at Barnes & Noble with the Republic of Tea. But also I do think a big thing of it was, um, we mentioned on a previous podcast that I studied abroad in Edinburgh. Yeah. And so I think being around that culture of, there just was always a tea break. Yeah. Like I was doing, we would do musicals and, you know, or even I guess in, dance rehearsals we didn't usually have tea breaks but i remember but i did a few different musicals and you would always have a break halfway through and it was the tea break yeah and there would be a giant vat of water and tea bags and everybody would go get tea like it just was what everybody did and so i had that nice um so it just kind of became a part of my life without really thinking about it yeah i think for me that's why i started enjoying it because like like i said i had some some times of drinking it you know before and enjoyed it but being around that UK culture where it was not just where the flavor was associated with, come on, let's all just take a deep breath. 
You know, it's so it's so <laughs> opposite of coffee in my experience of coffee, which I, I love coffee and still drink. But, you know, coffee to me had been like pound it to keep going or, you know, take it black, to, <laughs> you know, to just feel your veins with it um, in that that tea aesthetic being like it's it's calm and lovely and can have a hint of spice or you can take it however you want it. But the big thing is just take a deep breath and give yourself some time to just be with <laughs> your tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that made an impact on me culturally. Yeah. Or it's cold and this is going to help warm you up. I yeah. mean, between <laughs> I'm a big fan of tea between as studying in Edinburgh and studying in Scotland of both tea and scarves. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me know <laughs> what one of our next episodes of Obsessed can be. Scarves. It really should be. <laughs> yeah. Have you finished the book of scarves, the encyclopedia of scarves? <laughs> I need to find it first. <laughs> uh, so what are some of your favorites and why? What are the sort of like um, our associations? Do you have like a specific mm. tea? Like like this tea is from this period of my life or this is the tea I drink when I feel X. Yeah. Yeah. So I, re- I do really like like a, a hearty breakfast tea. Um you know, like an Irish breakfast tea or Scottish breakfast tea, which are blends. Um, I, I do take them with milk. <laughs> um, but it's been really fun because I've kind of lately been trying to play a little bit more with um, buying tea from places where you know what what types of tea are in the blend to be like, oh, well, do I really like one more that has, you know, a little bit more of a, a psalm tea in it or one with something like else in it? And so so that's definitely a big one for me. Um, I really like herbal teas as well. Um, and there's a lot that I just find calming. Um, I, I'm a big fan of both nettle tea and lemon balm tea. (laughs) Um, what is, I know what lemon balm is because mm -hmm. I know what both of those words are, but what is some on our balcony? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, what is nettle? Uh, the plant, which you don't want to touch because nettle stings, stinging nettle. Yeah, um, that's why nettle doesn't sound like a comforting thing to put in my throat. Uh, but what is the tea like? The tea, it's it's a little bit astringent, kind of a grassy flavor. It's really good for your joints. Okay. Um, and, and it's something that I think I had actually <laughs> bought because tea is one of those things that I buy sometimes when I'm traveling, which is why I appreciated the Chicago gift so much <laughs> because you never know like, okay, what's this? And I think I bought it somewhere. Somebody gave it to me and I think it was nettle tea, but it was not in English. So I didn't know that was what it was. And years later, I was like, oh, well, I like nettle tea. No wonder I liked this tea so much. <laughs> um, so I like those. And then also um, I am a, a big fan of of green teas as well, um, which of which there are many different types of green teas and ways to take green tea. Right now I'm drinking some Magnolia Oolong, which is um oolong is a special way that tea can be prepared it's its own category on and it's got magnolia so like the magnolia um, flowers so it's a little bit of a floral okay and oolong what is the preparation for oolong so this is where we get to the sarah doesn't remember all the different details (laughs) okay fair enough um it's about it has to do with how long the leaves are oxidized and um left to ferment and like that's how you get okay. the black tea versus green tea versus oolong versus pu'er versus white tea um because they're all the same plant it's got all it. camellia, camellia sinensis okay got it that makes perfect sense that's great um is there are there any so you describe different teas different flavors <laughs> are there any teas that are for you associated with a specific uh time 
Um, <laughs> the ginger peach that I mentioned earlier, I haven't thought about ginger peach <laughs> since, um, you know, in many, many, many years. But I have very strong visceral memories of that. And did you like it when you were like, I got to try that ginger peach? Or were you like, yeah, cool, no, I, what the hell is this? I liked it. And also it it wasn't as I mean, I liked drinking it, but I also just the smell of having it around, I think, um, you know, as a poor trying to be a, a dancer at the time. And, you know, I worked there. So I was like, I get a discount here. Everybody's getting things from this shop for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so it was ginger peach so everybody Christmas got for <laughs> Ginger peach tea. <laughs> um, but it also felt like a fancy tea. So I was like, well, this will be a nice present. Oh, yeah. Um, so that one definitely I have a very strong memory of it. And I think there is just something with the, um, it's not a specific time, but with kind of your basic cuppa yeah. of some sort of like, you know, blended black tea with milk in it that does just have to me that soothing, warm, especially if I have it at a time other than first thing in the morning. I mean, right. morning too. But. but if you choose to have it in the afternoon, that's a real like cozy cuddle up with a book break in the day. Yeah. Mood. Or just like you were saying earlier, it's just a like time to be like, okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> like it's the beverage version of doing mountain pose and yoga. <laughs> I'm sure there is a tea called Mountain Pose. If not, <laughs> something's gone wrong with our simulation. Um, is the process of making tea a part of what you enjoy? Because, I mean, obviously, uh, there's a million different uh, fancy ways to make coffee, and, and I think people really can make a ritual out of that. Mm. Uh, but in in my life experience, you know, it's been sort of the machine of coffee versus when I was drinking tea more, that was a very different morning for me because I had the kettle that screamed that <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you could you hear it build up and then it screamed. And then there was the like little bit of thinking I did in the kitchen while the uh, Yorkshire gold or Yorkshire Yorkshire red bag soaked in there in mm-hmm. that, that that process. Like I have I've been on coffee for a while now, but, you know, for the last many years, uh, I have rotated back and forth between tea is the regular thing I have in the morning versus coffee is the regular thing. Yeah. And it is very different sort of ritual for me, the preparation. So mm-hmm. for you, is there any, any baggage uh, or not baggage? <laughs> uh, is there any association with the ritual? Is the ritual part of something, the process of making it? Not usually, but I think that has says more about my mornings than it does about anything else. <laughs> um, I'm usually trying to juggle five different things. And so I'm literally li- physically. Yes. Physically. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I'm lucky if I don't forget and let's leave my tea to steep for, you know, seven minutes instead of three minutes or something. So. Yeah. OK. So you don't find it inherently more like uh, meditative to make tea than to make coffee. Mm. No, no. And I've never really, you know, there are a lot of tea rituals that I just haven't had that experience. So I don't don't know about those. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, would you be open to a teapot that whistles? Because I believe we've had this conversation in our household that you're not super into the teapots that whistle? Or am I making that up? I think you're making that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we actually own a teapot that whistles. Um, we just happen to have an electric kettle right now. Right. Well, I resisted it for the electric kettle for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized it made noise, I was more okay with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it gets quite loud as it bubbles. It does? Yeah. Um, do you, well, how do you, okay, since I've got it wrong, I apologize to my partner <laughs> friend. Uh, do you like teapots that whistle? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have a super strong opinion about it. I do have a strong opinion about... 
how one f- about how a teep kettle is filled. Okay. And I know when we were at one point, um, because your original tea kettle, I believe, started to get holes in the bottom. Unfortunately, yes, because I liked it very, very much. <laughs> so now it's a display piece. Uh, <laughs> or it could be. Um, but when we were looking, kind of the relationship of the handle to the spout to the... Yes. When you pour it, is there a place for the water to not burn your hand? Versus how does the lid come off? Like there's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of mechanics, yeah. A lot of things were designed for aesthetics and not actually for use. And for me, a tea kettle is about use ultimately. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think there is something, one of the reasons I was so attached to that one that eventually fell apart from lots of use is that it made such like universal noises that I've heard on an intelligent show a million times. But there's also something... You very unique about them about the noises that it should be alarming the way you like kind of hear the the pre whistle scream mm-hmm. build up of the like the I'm going to scream soon mm-hmm. <laughs> that is uh I don't know there is something to me that it's comforting because it's a part of that like oh the tea's ready yeah but the actual noise is like you know a lightsaber igniting there's something like it's like it's now it's happening yeah uh that i think there is something to me that that sound speaks to me on multiple levels and i just like honestly aesthetically enjoy hearing it yeah well we can do that some more i think i like the electric cuddle because if i'm not right there it makes noise i know it's done but then it also stops itself. <laughs> right, because that tea is like, deal with me now. Right, The The, yep. uh, the pot, otherwise, yeah. <laughs> but I can see what you're saying, because it is that like, okay, something's happening, something's happening. Okay, there it goes, but I can fix this. I can make it end. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can make it end, yeah. Make the screaming stop. The whistle. If you had a magical teapot that could make any kind of noise mm. when it is, uh, when the water is boiled, what would it be? Ooh, laughter. <laughs> like like delightful laughter you know not like ha 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 laughing at you not, not an like evil mocking clown laughter, or uh, megalomaniacal like supervillain laughter joyful laughter joyful laughter yeah non-ironic happy laughter yeah why that, not that'd be great that's yeah. a great teapot noise did um, you like doing the i'm a little teapot routine when you were a kid i totally forgotten about that uh i don't if i was ever i was aware of it uh but if i was ever made to do it uh I'm sure I would have resented it. Oh, I think I really enjoyed it. <laughs> the, the little teapot shortened. The little teapot. Yeah, absolutely. Shortened stout. Here's my handle. Here's my spout. Uh, when something... you tip me over, I will shout, no. No. Pour out of my spout. What? No, I'm a little teapot. Shortened stout. Here is my handle. Here is my spout. When I get. I don't. Gosh, we're missing a line. Da, 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 when I get da, angry, da, da, you will listen to me shout. If it tip ended like tip me over and pour me out. Tip me over and pour me out. Yes, there's it a line. Skip the shouting part, which I would have loved as a child, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that if it was just like I'm, I, I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here's my handle. Here's my spout. Think, and then you just screamed. Yeah, that but I think it great. is something like that. Like when I get all steamed up, I will shout. Really? Something Maybe. to that effect. Okay. Because shout, I, pour me out. It, you know, know, it all tracks. It all tracks. We haven't got to this part of the <laughs> encyclopedia of tea, the little teapot song. But yeah, uh-huh. that's a great part. Yeah. A great, the shouting, you know what? I'm sorry if I spoke out against that song if it's got a shouting portion, which I 
honestly. We can do it and you can just shout for that third line since we can't remember the words anyway. Well, I might. I might just start doing that because, you know, it, it, it. we've talked about this uh, on other podcasts. I, You know, especially as a kid, I resented things that felt too saccharine because mm-hmm. I felt like they were sort of lying to me about the state of the world. And especially if an adult was like, this is cute. Do it. Be cute is the thing kind of thing that would make me want to scream like a teapot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm working on those issues and I've, I've made a lot of progress. I say to myself, um, does tea, uh, ultimately beat out coffee for you personally? Like I know we live in the same house. We, uh, we drink coffee, uh, together. We, uh, we drink tea together. You are right now on a, I'm a, I'm coffee in the morning and your tea in the morning, but that changes up a lot. But ultimately mm-hmm. is, is tea superior to coffee f- for you? Mm. Um, I'm going to say yes, with apologies to all my coffee friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now that I said partner friends, coffee friends sounds entirely different. (laughs) I just meant friends who really like coffee. I like coffee also, and it's nothing nothing against coffee that I like tea. (laughs) I think what part of what it is, is um, there's such a variety within tea, and for me, I, I really like the taste of coffee, but I honestly like the taste of coffee more when I ha- don't have it as often. Mm. Um, when it's more of a special treat. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, I mean, I like it in the mornings when I'm on a coffee kick, but I also, it's not, I very rarely will be like, oh, I want an afternoon cup of coffee or an after dinner cup of coffee because it does keep me up. Right. Whereas I can be like, oh, I want, you know, like just some, you know afternoon green tea or you know some evening you know uh, peppermint chamomile tea or something like that like there's right. just there's i think to me it just feels like a wider range yeah. and i think there's a little bit more of like that comfort to me of of tea yeah like if you're, if you're a connoisseur of coffee you there's tons of variety right mm-hmm. and you can incorporate it into different rituals and have it at different times of the day and you you could maybe there are you know people who really love decaffeinated after dinner coffee you know but it is a really different thing for like the tea that i'm having the most now is lemon ginger tea in the evening when i think it's i think it has more to do just with the stress of our uh, entire human existence right now of just wanting something really calming and lemon Mm -hmm. ginger uh lemon ginger tea is like that sleepy time bear is just gently stroking my back with no claws out It's so peaceful. Uh, and I don't think, even as a huge coffee lover, I never feel like coffee's gently saying, hey, it's okay. You can go to sleep now. That's <laughs> not what I think of when I think of coffee. Yeah. 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 Uh, if coffee and tea mm-hmm. could physically have a fight, who would actually win the fight? Ooh. Ooh. Um, is it prepared coffee and tea? Are we talking original plants? Are we talking all of the varieties? Get up and have like a ring match? What's, what's yeah. the scenario? It is, no, it is a cup of caffeinated black diner coffee mm-hmm. versus a cup of well-brewed uh, black tea. Yeah. I'm going to say the coffee is going to win because if you pour the two of them together, the coffee taste is probably going to overpower the tea taste. But the tea is going to get some pretty good jabs in there because you're going to have that slightly bitter taste of tea, especially when it mixes with coffee, that is going to also ruin the coffee for anybody who wanted to drink it. <laughs> okay. So by fighting, they just lessen one another. Is that what you're... <laughs> 
Really? That's what I'm saying. No, I chose a winner. For once, I chose. Oh, that's true. Okay, you did say coffee wins, but yep. really, who wins when coffee and tea fight? I would moral, agree with right? that. That yep. is going to be a plaque on our wall. I'm a little teapot. Listen to me scream. Uh, all right. So I also wanted to ask you just about some of your own associations from from your life. Not mm-hmm. just um, uh, I, I already asked about some of like what does tea remind you of, but you have all of these other interests in life that I'm wondering if it's stereotype that tea funnels into them, or if that's a true <laughs> true experience that you've had in life. Like uh, tea is often seen as a wellness drink, right? Of like there's mm. literal physical benefits you already listed just when you were listing favorites of this one's good for I think you said joints right yeah so uh you've got an interest in yoga that we've talked about on the podcast and dance and just in general you are connected to your body and and knowledgeable about what is and isn't good for your body mm-hmm. does tea as a wellness drink does that does your interest in yoga and dance and being in touch with your body make you like tea more because there is that overlap um yeah, I'd say on on good healthy days, yes, probably. Um, it used to, it used to be when I uh, many years ago that when I wasn't going to dance class very often, and then there was this one particular really strenuous, intense dance class. Every time after I went to that dance class, it would make me crave an iced coffee. It was like <laughs> the weirdest really? craving. Yes, and it would just I would from a specific coffee shop in Minneapolis that I'm not going to remember the name of now, and I would be like. I need to go get a nice coffee from there now. And it was a dance class that was only held in the summer, so it was always hot out, so it was, you know, appropriate. It wasn't, like, 20 below. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. so um, so there's that side of it. Um, I think part of, I think maybe, I, I mean, I can see especially with, like, the the yoga part of it and just kind of the, the stretching and dancing and just kind of being connected to my body and certainly some of the teas, if I'm not, if I'm feeling a little out of sorts, um. I think sometimes I get back into sorts better if I remember to just be like, oh, well, what kind of tea would taste good right now? And I often don't. And then five hours later, I'm like, oh, I should have had a cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> like, not, not like it would fix everything, but it is just that momentary reset, like you said yeah, before. It's restorative. It's Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some teas, I think, absolutely do have an effect, like, you know, the lemon ginger that you were talking about. Over the years when I've had... Um, uh, like if I'm not feeling well or I've had a cold, like throat code or, you know, some of the various things for when you're having a cold have absolutely had an effect on helping me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's part of it. Um, and I had another thought that just totally went out of my mind like a wisp of steam escaping from a teapot. <laughs> Did it have anything to do with dance? With yoga? Oh, I know what it was. Uh, no, not really. A little bit. Um, I think the other thing for me with tea is I, re- I, I don't really drink other th- things other than water. You know, like I've right. never been a big soda person and I honestly can't remember the last time I had soda. And, you know, like some of the other things that people would drink, but sometimes I want something other than water. Right. And so to me, tea offers those options of like, I want something to drink. I, I kind of need something a little bit more flavor than water. I don't like even when I was drinking a lot more coffee, like I don't want coffee. So what's kind of like there's a big chasm in here. Something has to fill it. And that's right. where you get all these different kinds of tea. That's really fun to imagine. Uh, soda, you know, branding really tries to associate it with activities like, you know, Mountain Dew 
it would start out as a stereotype. Now Mountain Dew wants to be gamer fuel. So that's really amusing to think of you like, <laughs> I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play all three Bioshock games and I'm going to pound some chamomile while I do it. <laughs> chamomile is just is my Bioshock fuel. Right. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense that you get that uh, variety and that emotional, uh, you know, I don't drink anywhere near as much soda as I used to, but like when, especially like a bottle of, of actual sugar Coke, open, mm-hmm. opening it in that first smell is like... I know it's not good for my body, but because of the nostalgic, uh, you know, conditioning, mm-hmm. that first like breath of Coke is restorative. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you get that kind of like, uh, uh, today I want this exact tea and just brewing it in that first sip will be sort of have this great emotional impact. Yeah. Or I can like this morning I made, I'd kind of forgotten that I had this like a holiday blend. It's a black tea holiday blend. So it's got, you know, kind of. I don't, it doesn't say exactly what seasonings, but probably some clove and um, cinnamon and nutmeg and things like that in it. And I just kind of felt like having a little bit more festive morning of, you know, we've got our Christmas tree up and everything. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make a cup of this tea. And it was so nice. Yeah. And it did just lift my spirits and kind of in a certain direction. Yeah, no, and that's true. We do have a huge variety. Like in the evening, sometimes when you're like, I think I'm going to have some tea. Our conversation is almost always, do you want some? And I'm like, nah. And like, well, maybe. And then you'll like list like seven. Do you want this? Do you want that? And then I'll say, (laughs) you know what? Lemon ginger, the thing I always have. Uh, By interviewing you, I'm learning a lot about myself. (laughs) Um, You, we talked about this a little bit about you have lived in London. You've lived in Edinburgh. Uh, We talked about the kind of cultural differences. But do you think, is that for you, the fact that you have spent quality time in the UK uh, where you aren't just being a tourist, you're actually like living for months at a time. Is that a part of your ongoing love of tea? Um, I don't know if it's a part of the love of tea, but I think it's a part of why it feels it if why it feels so normal. Um, and certainly, I think you know when I like when when I would get back from. Both places and um, and in particular, I mean, I know I was talking before about Edinburgh, but in particular, when I was um, going to grad school in London, it was just, it was, it was part of school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we would all in between classes go and have a tea or I would be, you know, we'd go down to the commissary thing and I'd be like, ah. I've only got 30 seconds and this water is way too warm and my tea isn't going to steep and but I need to get back to class. Like it had that like freneticness of okay. class connected to tea. Yeah. So I think it just kind of became um, a thing that I didn't think about a lot and that I just kept drinking and then kind of went away from it for a little bit. And then um, this year in particular, I've just really, I think I kind of started to think about it conceptually more last year. Um, and then this year I've just really... Like the, there was one morning I was just like, I just really want some Darjeeling tea this morning. And that, <laughs> that was what we had, which is why that was what I wanted. It wasn't like random, but um, it's just been a really nice, like one of the black teas that I found. Um, it's just got a really lovely, mild flavor to it. And it just feels like, oh, this is a nice way to start the day. Yeah. You are in general, if I may. <laughs> And you can correct me if you think that I am incorrect. You are generally a, a person who uh, who desires to be calm and centered and ready to take on challenges and 
and a lot of the things that I think tea represents. Mm. Um, it's not like I haven't seen you uh, want to party and let your hair down, but you're not a super like rebellious, let's kick things over and break something and see what happens kind of person. <laughs> have my moments you have your moments absolutely and i'm not i'm generalizing yep um do you think there is a kind of tea that is like rebellious and kick-ass and rock and roll i think tea itself (laughs) is rebellious and kick-ass and rock and roll let's talk about the tea party (laughs) as in the boston tea party dumping all the tea into the water yes but that is using the tea in a as a political Uh, statement is a destructive constructive (laughs) moment yeah but i guess yeah you know there there are so many good things about it being a it calm and centering and it can connect to different uh cultural ideas but almost everything that you and i have made our modern uh associations with it are are all about being calm and centered and taking a break in like it, almost anything you you could do that with coffee but a lot of the association with coffee is let's all kind of have a sense of humor about how we drink too much and it's not good and we're jittering but we got to finish it there's so much <laughs> about coffee that's like uh that is a little bit of i think the american desire to be a little rebellious you know like the way that you know speed limits in other places can just be like we want you to go this speed or under so we say that in america you have to post <laughs> 10 miles under because americans want to push it just a little bit that's and i think like coffee filters into that of like the you know let's kind of celebrate even though we know it's bad for us let's make lots of jokes and celebrate let, that we had three cups today and we're jittering and can see this space-time continuum <laughs> that to me is like that that this little cultural pocket of what coffee can be mm-hmm. and i'm just curious if you feel like tea can be that too that tea isn't all calm centered does this one help my joints or is there a part of tea that is like let's push it a little let's get edgy with tea totally definitely okay yeah in in what way or what kind of tea or what moment in your life um i i mean i was saying hypothetically (laughs) 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 that tea could be i mean if we're going for certain types of tea i mean i would think like you get your really earthy like your uh, I can't say it correctly, but uh, the lap, Lapsang Sushong, which is a very earthy, but, a, you know, if you let it steep for too long, it gets very bitter. Oh, um, yeah. You know, but like, I, I feel like you could totally have a rock and kick and tea party, just like you can have a very calm coffee party. I mean, think yeah. about like Nordic baked goods and coffee with a little candle, you know, it's, yeah. it's very calm. And and it's not like if you d- if you drank lots and lots of tea that you let steep for a long time black tea that you wouldn't get jittery like you do with coffee right it's still caffeine i've gotten plenty jittery from tea (laughs) many times in my life yes uh me as well so but that's interesting to me that it is that that's not a cultural thing right like if i go on social media and and make a joke about i had you know three i forgot which number of coffee was on and i accidentally drank four cups of coffee like that would be a sort of like be clear what I'm communicating. If yeah. I went on social media, it's like I, you know, I'm shaking. I can see the space time continuum because I let my tea soak too long. <laughs> I let my tea steep too long. That would almost be perceived as like an anti-rebellious joke because we don't yeah. have that cultural association, right? That yeah, yeah. That you know, you know those uh, those rule breaking too long steepers, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, like if you have, you know, 10 cups of green tea in the afternoon, you're going to be a little jittery. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's true. And I think that's probably, like you were saying, very much uh, a cultural thing here in the U.S. And it might be that other places where tea is the default as opposed to coffee being the default, that there are those tea jokes. Yeah. That we just don't know about. Yeah, true, true. Um, so you are also a big lover of history. Uh, it has been a part of your education. It's been a part of your uh, careers. Um how much of that history do you do you think about when you I know I know that you are on your mission that you, <laughs> you know you wish that you were an expert and I understand that uh but is that still a part of what you enjoy about it because there is something about tea even myself in my ignorance all I know about certain teas is that I know if I looked there would be an endless history of this tea and how it's used in different cultures and how it shaped different world events so even without knowing the history i think when i drink it there is a it, there can be a, a a uh an opportunity to think about i am drinking something very old and very tied to the currents of humanity mm-hmm. is that a part of your interest the the history connection to tea I think it's a new part of my interest. I don't think it's part. Of, I mean, I I truly don't think I had thought about it before last year. Okay. Um, and I I have no need to become an expert. Just to be clear, I okay. just want to be able to remember <laughs> a few details. You're doing well, um, I think. Uh, but I do find it fascinating, and you know, it's like so many things. Once you start to look into them, and you know, I I don't know how much of this is just a different way of looking at history versus getting older, but. As you look at like, oh, look at all of the world events that are tied together because of tea and because of who needed to make money to buy tea or to sell tea or the, you know, developments in ship technology because they wanted to be able to get their tea faster. I mean, the tea clipper, there's a reason it's called the tea clipper. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of amazing. And it's also very interesting how, uh, you know, it's. I think, you know, we've talked about a lot, thought of so much as a British drink and certainly has been there for a long time, but isn't, I, I'm guessing, I don't remember. It's like, but it's like 400 years. It's not a thousand, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting um, to me of all the different perspectives. And, and I do find it very interesting if you look at kind of the, the very, the strict definition of tea, um, how the different ways of how it's this one plant. Yeah. That creates all these different things, uh, all these different types of tea and all the different, you know, ways that they can be prepared and where they're grown and all, you know, how they're oxidized and fermented and all of that, that can create such a wide variety from literally one plant. Yeah, that Um, is pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. If you could have tea with Captain Picard, would you want Earl Grey or would you challenge him to try something new? I know better than to challenge Captain Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> but he's Mr. Adventurer. He wants to experience new things. I would maybe have a cup of Earl Grey first okay. just to like meet him on his terms and then be like, hey, let's try this other one next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think about Captain Picard whenever you have Earl Grey? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a, you know, a perspective thing. That was, you know, uh, I think I also did have growing up the very American... And this is totally my biased perspective of uh, the only place I encountered tea is on television 
And then I would see it as like, oh, we're, this is a quaint murder mystery and they're bringing out little sandwiches and there's a tray and it's an event. Great. But my actual experience of it was it was sad old people Lipton fluid, you know, mm-hmm. that had that was just like the, you know, that thing that wasn't coffee that made the, uh, the waiter roll their eyes when you ordered it. That's what tea is. <laughs> so I think for me, the Earl Grey hot, I'm like Earl Grey, what is that? Because like, he wasn't like Lipton tea or, you know, right. Uh, or I would like a, a, an entire tray. It was like, that specificity, I think, intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And I not it's not just that I'm, you know, a big uh, nerd and pop culture person who processes things that way. But it's, I think, one of those examples of a small detail in pop culture that's fun to joke about. But it's also for me like that moment where I maybe understood that there was more difference in specificity mm-hmm. yeah i think that makes a lot of sense yeah so i would i would definitely uh, try to make him drink some lemon ginger with me <laughs> i think that would be lovely would you have earl gray with him first or just be like no you drink lemon ginger yeah uh, yeah I, I think uh i think i'd meet him halfway okay <laughs> <laughs> earl ginger lukewarm <laughs> perfect uh i'm gonna ask you some how obsessed are you questions okay so we can really try to make a determination together yeah, this will how be obsessed fun. you think you are would you want to own a tea shop? I would consider it. Ooh, wow. Yeah, because normally when I bring up going into any sort of business, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the business part of it, really no, but the fun part of it, like, hypothetically? Yeah. I'd consider it. What When you think about considering it, what is joyful to you about owning a tea shop? Um, Just thinking about... Um, both the kinds of tea that you would carry, the, also the tea accoutrement, like what kind of, uh, you know, tea cups and teapots and tea steepers, and, yeah, you know, all of those things, and also the idea of being able to share joy with people. I mean, I think to me, like a tea shop is kind of similar to um, a wine shop or mm. a bookshop or yarn shop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where you are helping people find some very specific iteration of this thing. Yeah, but it also but I feel like also it's a thing where you don't need to you don't need to know a lot. Like you can come in and say you want peppermint tea and there is nothing wrong with that. You can right. come in and say you want some fancy tea and there's nothing wrong with that unless it's something you can't buy. But um I feel like it's one of those things where you don't I feel like having a tea shop would be a way to be inclusive to everybody. Okay. Okay. If you had a small team of woodland creatures mm-hmm. who wanted to help you of yeah. their own volition, mm-hmm. uh, like you're in an animated film, would you ask them to make your morning tea? Oh. Um, I mean, if they wanted to help me. Yeah. yeah so they, they are actively asking. We want to help you. Yeah. We see it's, you know, a busy, stressful time in the morning when, you know, everybody's getting up and trying to get a lot of things done. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we'll take that off your hand. We'll, you know, you do whatever else you need to do. And then we'll present you with a uh, cup or a thermos of tea. Yeah. You'd be like, go to town, woodland creatures, or would you miss doing it yourself? Oh, no, I would say go to town. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I will work on that then. I'll try to figure out some way to hire small woodland. Yeah, as long as as long as no paws or tails get in the tea. Um, (laughs) As long as I sure look at how I make your tea. Then I'd be like, no, thank you. But let me just stick my little squirrel paw in here to crush that bag down. Like, no, no no paws or tails in the tea. Exactly. (laughs) That can be a really mysterious sign in your tea shop. (laughs) No paws or tails in the tea. There we go. Um, outside of 
tea itself, would you want any other tea merchandise? Uh, T-shirts, posters, a welcome mat to our apartment, hats. Do you want anything else that's like, I like tea so much I want to express it in this way, or is it truly that you only like the thing itself? Ooh, it is a thing that I would consider having other items for. Um, I'm not a huge fan of puns or that type of thing, and I feel like a lot of tea-associated merchandise has i don't even know if they'd necessarily be called puns but like some of the like tongue-in-cheek quips are sometimes just a little too um not my style okay are you thinking of one in particular no i'm I'm trying to think of a good example and 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 i'm not thinking of a good one okay Um, so you don't like some of the merch that is out there because you feel it's too cutesy yeah but i like but i also like a lot of it but i think part of it too is um i like it as as part of my life mm-hmm. as opposed to as a specific thing. So like, yeah, if I had like a a t-shirt with a something that said on it, like just waiting for my tea. <laughs> 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 or had a picture of the Camellia sinensis and like a nice pretty like, um, you know, drawing of it or something. Um, I really do like um, kind of the, the drinkware, like the finding the right... I've had a lot of teacups and not necessarily like the the bone china style ones because yeah. those are a little too dainty. And also the tea gets cold quite quickly. Um, but finding that what's the right, like I have some teacups that I really like, but they, the heat transfers too much. And so it gets hot and they like, you know, all the different, like what's the texture like on your hands? What's the okay. texture like? Um, anyway, side topic uh, or side tangent, but I feel like there would be some things that, but I would not want like everything to be th- tea themed. Okay. Like one or two things, not one or two things, but not yeah. Yeah. You don't want to cover our apartment in in tea no. memorabilia. No. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, would you watch a James Bond movie where the villain is using tea to try to take over the world? Yeah. Would you be more engaged with that because it's tea? Ooh. Um. Yeah. I mean, I yes. <laughs> I think that would be very interesting. <laughs> Oh, we just watched a, a James Bond movie last night, uh, which is why it was on my mind. But it's just the tea is the, you know, it's actual history as, you know, shaping big world events. Uh, yeah. That was just intriguing to me, the idea of like a villain coming along and going, hmm, how can I take the modern tea trade and, you know, sort of uh, invade it in some way or manipulate it in some way? Because that's, as I've banged on about on this podcast before, like that's the actual uh, intriguing, one of the actual intriguing parts of the original uh, Ian Fleming novels is is looking around this sort of geopolitical situation and going, how can I actually manipulate this trade that somebody is not paying enough attention to, to you know funnel money or to you know reshape the world in some way? Mm-hmm. Would that be extra engaging to you because it's tea? Yeah, and I'd be very curious what what's the angle? Yeah, yeah, like you how, know, like yeah. at a modern time, what's the angle of how this is going to lead the villain to world domination? Yeah, so, yeah, they can tee their way to the top, yeah. Yeah. I which mean, is a kind of shirt that's too cute that you wouldn't want to buy. There we go, exactly. <laughs> yeah, nice. If a bear burst into our home and asked us to make them tea, what kind of tea would you make for the bear? Mm. Well, uh, lemon ginger would be a strong contender. Yeah. Um, a strong, strong contender. <laughs> My um, husband likes this. <laughs> and he's a grumpy little bear. I was just thinking it's calming. And if the bear wanted honey, it goes well with honey. 
Um, oh yeah, you know, of course. So yeah, the I, sleepy time—that's too on the nose, right? With the with bear, the bear on the box, yeah, that's just probably. an insult, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would either do lemon ginger or lemon balm. Lemon balm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is also a nice relaxing tea. Yeah. So just chill out, bear. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah, we'll get you your cup of tea. It's all good. <laughs> Rawr! <laughs> we'll get you a cup of uh, that. I would love a teapot that roars like a bear. <laughs> I'll start looking. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you could have free tea for the rest of your life, but it meant you could never drink coffee again, would you do it? Oh, wow. Like, even if somebody else gave me coffee, would I just like not be able to consume it or would I be have to be rude um <laughs> you're really deal making with these questions I'm just uh, to... yeah no I'm gonna be firm mm, on this one that's yeah. the deal you could have uh, unlimited free tea either you just go to like a website and you order it has everything and you order whatever you any kind want, of tea whatever tea you want and it shows up but like a magical bargain you may never drink coffee again and the people who are giving me free tea are at least good humans. There's not like bad it, side effects. There's of me not getting... a James Bond villain behind it. Okay. This is and good tea from uh, you ethical know, sources. Ethical sources. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would. I would do that. Sorry. You would. I would. Say goodbye to coffee. I would. Yeah. Okay. This is good. <laughs> oh man, this is the edgiest thing we've said on the podcast in weeks. Right. You would choose tea definitively over coffee mm-hmm. in this scenario. I mean, you can even put tea in cocktails. We haven't even gotten there. <laughs> and maybe we will. We we can do our follow-up episode. There you go. Tea cocktails. Yeah. And that'll just be us sampling them and getting really drunk. And then tea will be badass, <laughs> right? I uh, mean, there's whole books about that for me to read, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a lot to be done. A lot to be done. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession, if we may call it that, with tea? <laughs> I did it in the wrong order. It should be I well whistle. Okay. So the the first time you you sipped it whistled and then you were like, "Ah." Yeah. So then that tells us that your initial imagining to me, maybe even subconsciously was you were finishing one cup of tea, the water finished. Then you started drinking the second. There you go. So you, you go. are just double fist in tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to the rating on a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. Yeah. Let's see if we think you are actually obsessed with tea mm-hmm. by the uh, the ranking of this podcast. Where would you put yourself on the one to ten? I'm going to, at the moment, give myself a seven and a half. The or number that eight. you usually give is yourself. Is it? Okay. Oh, no, no I, that's unfair. Uh, you have given yourself lower when it's something that's just like, yeah. hey, we're interested in this right now because it's the topic du jour, but it's not something you're going to return to a bunch. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we'll go with an eight. An eight. Yep. Okay, good. Do you feel ultimately, as we discuss this, that, again, a, your own personal obsession is different than actual encyclopedic knowledge? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your own personal level of interest in tea is high is it is intense it is something that's like occupies a big part of your mind or your soul or your passion my own interest in tea yeah um yeah yeah i think i think it's very i think i it's both um i both want to learn more about it and try different kinds of tea and i also have no need to you know just like anything where people get really into something um like wine like you can be 
obsessed with wine and be <laughs> cool about it or be a total snob about it. Right. And I have no interest in becoming a snob about tea. I yeah. guess that's where. So I have the like, I I have no need to know like, oh, all the f- finer little details just because that's not how I approach things. I right. mean, and that's more, it's nothing against people who want to know that. It's about how I approach things I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, But I do like exploring different teas or exploring different types of um, combinations of teas and um, learning more about it. Yeah. And they certainly give you joy. And I mean, our cabinets uh, are making the argument that you're obsessed with tea. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's a lot going on in there. Yes, they are. Uh, Yeah. I gave you that Chicago tea a long time ago. Yeah. And I drank the tea. I do want to be clear about that. But I have the box. Uh, I I know this because I was just looking at it yesterday when I was rearranging yeah. uh, a few of the teas in our tea cupboard. Yeah. I also think it's different to talk about in Obsession that is something that can be a big part of your life while also being a, almost a little bit invisible to you sometimes because it's a part of your daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes you also have the bias right now with the idea of interests or obsessions is almost like, like that, I, I don't know, the, I think the flawed way a lot of our assessment of ourselves uh can be like you know the few times that i've worked for corporations or even some nonprofits, everything has always been about escalation right in order to get a raise you can't just be like you've been doing a really good job keep doing that here's more money it's always been like what and what are your goals what are you gonna do next how are you gonna Mm -hmm. take it to the next level like i think there's can be a lot in our culture that's about escalation Mm -hmm. right where in a an obsession might be like i can't keep I can't stop myself from getting more or learning more or doing more. Mm-hmm. But I think that devalues something that can mean a lot to us, but is just a part of our day-to-day life. And it remains at this level because it's a thing that you drink. <laughs> yeah. you know. And I think it's still valid to say, this is really important to me. I think about it. I enjoy it. But it's slotted into my life this way. And I don't need to escalate it to the next level for it to be meaningful. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, one of the things I like about it and that I do, it was fun to think about as an obsession is because there's a lot of nuance to it. <laughs> la, 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 la. Got my nuance in. Yeah. Week. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, but I do, but exactly what you're saying. I mean, it is something that is just part, an ongoing part of life and it could, you can think about it or not depending on, you know, what else is going on or if you want to think about it. Like there've certainly been times in my life where I've, not thought about tea even if i was drinking it it was just like i need more tea i'll buy more tea go on with life um but it but there can be there can be but there can be nuance to it yeah yeah i'm sure there's got to be a tea called nuance tea so i'm sorry to spoil your christmas presents but (laughs) i'm gonna go try to find nuance tea (laughs) buy it for you uh all right we've moved on to the plugging section you want to tell people where they can find you you're on instagram right yeah you can find me on instagram at scrim street where i don't think i've ever posted a picture of tea so perhaps that will need to change yeah i think so yeah yeah let's get i might be wrong t grams out there yeah yeah absolutely uh here's some quick plugs for this show and then we'll do our final questions you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, I, every week I think I should change that from upcoming shows. I might have some virtual shows coming up soon. Anyway, uh, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. I am doing a thing right now. Uh, all my comedy albums are on uh, Bandcamp. 
and there is a link to my Bandcamp uh, site from my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But from now until about uh, mid-December, any purchase of my album, anything that I make off of it, uh, you know, my percentage that Bandcamp doesn't get, that I get, I will give all of it to uh, Fair Fight, the organization started by Stacey Abrams that is fighting voter suppression and getting the vote out in Georgia. And I will give it to uh, uh, through a split between Fair Fight and the two Democratic Senate candidates in the uh, Senate runoff election on January 5th. So if you've uh, been listening to the podcast, been interested to check out uh, one of those albums, and uh, you want to uh, support uh, getting the Democratic control of the Senate and fighting voter suppression, uh, then that is a way that you can do both at the same time. Again, you can go to josephscrimshaw.com and click that Bandcamp link. And finally... You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. We are now ready for the final questions. Excellent. Okay. Sometimes I keep the final questions totally unrelated to the topic, but then sometimes I'm like, I kind of don't want to stop talking about the topic. (laughs) So if someone made a tea based on you, what would it be like? Oh, wow. I know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, gosh. Uh, okay, so based on what we've been saying today, today's version yeah. of the Sarah Scrimshaw tea would um, would need to have, I think it would either be an herbal tea or um, or a green tea with some herbal um, additions to it. Okay, a green tea with some herbal additions. Yeah, or maybe just herbal. So it's going to have some, uh, I keep talking about lemon balm, so we're going to put some lemon balm in there. Okay. But it's, I'm really enjoying kind of the winter time. So we're going to find whatever the right like winter berry thing is. So it's going to be a combination of something that feels like you can feel the summertime meadow with you know, like the wind going through the summertime meadow, but also with just a little hint of wintertime berry. Oh, nice. But it's going to work. Okay. <laughs> Even though that sounded like those two things don't go together, it's going to work. And you're going to, um, hopefully, you would drink it because you wanted to take a moment, be able to warm up your hands on a nice mug, and you wanted to take a moment to think about your feet and them connecting to the ground <laughs> and either through the snow, if it's truly winter, or finding, you know, a nice meadow somewhere and just having, like, that moment of connection both with yourself and with nature. Okay. And would it be called Warrior Pose? <laughs> uh, it's going to be called Frolic in a Winter Meadow. Frolic in a Winter Meadow. Wow. And you think about your feet while you frolic in a winter meadow <laughs> and drink the tea with your mouth. That sounds great. If you could ask Wonder Woman for a favor, what would you ask her to do? <laughs> Are you looking for a team-based answer? No, okay. I just... Since you've prepped everything with that, I just wanted to... I know, to I just... Uh, okay. I was like, maybe I, I wanted to ask that other T question. Yeah. But, but I, I wanted to give it a little bit more room. So yeah. I think I'll put it in the final questions. And then Wonder Woman, I'm just thinking about that because I'm excited uh, to watch Wonder Woman uh, 1984 on December 25th. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of problems in the world. I would really like Wonder Woman's help. Um, I would like to know if... Wonder Woman can do anything to help, you know, the spiraling of the climate crisis. Okay. You want Wonder Woman to help the climate. Yep. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. think that that, uh, the the lasso of truth could uh, go a long way. Yeah, right? (laughs) And, like, there's got to be something that can help maybe cool down some of the glaciers so they don't all melt. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think she could do it. I think she'd have some good ideas. Absolutely. 
So if you're listening to Wonder Woman, <laughs> reach out. Josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? I mean, how can I answer anything other than this? Happiness is having a cup of, a cup of, a cup of warm tea um, of the kind of your choosing with a moment to just sit and breathe and find a moment of calm. I think that is a very good and very appropriate for this episode answer. Thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. If Wonder Woman came over for tea, what kind of tea do you think Wonder Woman would like? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the one that I mentioned earlier. This um, black tea I've been drinking in the morning that I really like. Um, it's China Yunnan. Okay, and is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it's just, it's nice, it's calm, it's uh, steadfast. It would hold up to the lasso of truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>